Open your Bibles with me to Psalm 119 and Matthew chapter 5. Psalm 119 and Matthew chapter 5. So good to be with God's people. I love God's Word. I love the church. Lots of political things going on that we could talk about, but it's better to focus on God's Word right now. The political stuff will all settle itself out. But this morning, I just... This Psalm 119, and I had intended um, this text or this, this chapter, this study of Psalm 119, to, as our, as our graphic says, glorifying God by loving His Word. And I love that graphic of the little boy just loves the Bible. And our text today is all about that. And I just, I love it. So let's look at Psalm 119 and look with me at verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. And all the kids said, Amen. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Lord, what an amazing passage of Scripture, and I don't know how far I'll get through it today, but uh, Lord, it's just full of truth. And so, Father, I pray today that you'll help me to communicate it in a way that brings glory to you and honors your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My message is love and understanding. Do you see love and understanding all through this text? Love should define the life of the believer, right? So they'll know you are my disciples by your love one for another, one for another. Now, we need to be sure and always define that in its context. Um, How many of you, you really struggle loving everyone? Would you raise your hand that that's a struggle, right? How many of you struggle even liking some people? And so it doesn't seem like an unreasonable request for you to love everybody. I'm just telling you, there's some people I don't love. And so today's message, we're going to put their pictures up on, no, that's just... (laughs) it's hard, but what's wonderful is the way that God said it. They'll know you're my disciples by your love one for another. I can't love everybody equally, but I can love another. I can invest, I can invest in another person. It'd be very difficult for me to invest in all you know, 500 people that attend Grace Baptist Church. It'd be very difficult for me to invest in every one of them. But one at a time, you, you can do that. You can do that. And love should define the life of the believer. Of course, love for God. Would you all agree with that? Love for God. And then and then love for others and love for family. If you don't love your family, then you're really not representing Christ well in the world. And so let me just throw this out. At Christmas time, sometimes we are forced to be with our families. You all know what I'm talking about? What is it you can... You can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives, right? And we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to be in heaven together with each other. You might as well start getting along now. But as far as your family, 
man, if someone is violating the scriptures, this was such a good thing. I mentioned um, in the Sunday school hour that I wanted to see our Facebook page was taken down for a little while yesterday because apparently we have some, we violated community standards. So I, I was doing some research on that. It's back up now as far as I know. Um, and so I wanted to see, you know, John MacArthur on the COVID stuff. They have they've pushed back on all of that. So I watched his last Sunday night. And he, if, I really recommend that you watch it. If you want some encouragement about the whole COVID situation, watch John MacArthur's presentation from last Sunday night at his church. But then they did a question and answer. And this lady asked this question, my children, my two daughters, I have two unbelieving daughters, and they've asked me not to talk about the Lord if I'm in their house. How many of you have heard of that happening? What should I do? If you're going to talk about the Lord, you can't be here. And he said, well, I just wouldn't do that. Where I go, Jesus goes. And then it's their choice whether they're going to reject you and Christ outright. Isn't that a good... Can we say that out loud? Where I go, Jesus goes. You ready? One, two, three. Where I go... Jesus goes. That was one of the best things I heard in a long time. Now, we know that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that Christ in us is the hope of glory. We have Christ in us, but love for God, love for family, love for his word, all of those things, they have to be in their proper order. I don't know how to love my family unless I love the Lord. I don't know how to love the Lord unless I love his law. I don't, the, the Bible gives us all of that instruction. Love for God, love for others, love for family, love for God's word. But I wrote this down, love for God's law? Love for, be honest with you, how many of you love speed limits? Not me. I love thy law. That was such an interesting thing. Look at our text. This, this was a fun thing for me to study. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And I'm thinking of all the things to love. I love the rules. Can, can you be honest with me? And I, I think that, you know, sometimes churches attract people that are kind of like themselves. How many of you honestly, the, the rules are not your favorite, just in general? I'm talking about life. Yeah, I mean, now, some people are real, real rule keepers. You absolutely love that. How many of you? That's you. You are the, yeah. Yeah, usually they're accountants. <laughs> right? That kind of thing. They love rules. I'm glad God gives us all of those people. Somebody has to be able to keep things straight. Amen? But this is such an interesting thing to me. I love thy law. And... I know this will surprise you. I'm going to quote Spurgeon on this. Listen to what he said. Those who know the power of the gospel perceive an infinite loveliness in the law as they see it fulfilled in and embodied in Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. Those who know the power of the gospel perceive an infinite loveliness in the law as they see it fulfilled in and embodied in Jesus Christ. Let's let's trace that down. So put your marker here in Psalm 119. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And let's look at what Jesus said about this. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. 
For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So notice when Jesus Christ came, the only part of the law that he fulfilled was the righteousness. So until his return, and then when we get the new heaven and the new earth, that is all going to pass away. But until that passes away, God's law still stands, and I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ fulfilled that law for us. Go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Look at verse 46. John 5 and verse 46. For if ye had believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. So when you think of the law, those are the books of Moses, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the law. And David loved that. Oh, how I love thy law. It's my meditation day and night. But look at the context of this. Look at what it says in verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. This is Jesus speaking. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. But I, I receive not honor from men. But I know you. That ye have not love the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one from another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? So Jesus Christ is written of in the law. And so what our job is, is to take time studying the law of God, understanding it, looking at how it all pointed to Jesus Christ and how he fulfilled it. And if we love Jesus, we'll love his word. That's our job. That's our job. Look at Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 1. Romans 10 and verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Look at this. For Christ is the end of the law. What are those next two words? For righteousness to everyone that believeth. So Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. And as Spurgeon said, those who know the power of the gospel perceive an infinite loveliness in the law as they see it fulfilled and embodied in Jesus Christ. It's fulfilled and embodied in Jesus Christ. And at Christmas time, we think of that. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Word of the Father, now in flesh. Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ came at Christmas time. I'm so thankful that he came because we would still be under the law. Look, look at Galatians chapter 4. 
and verse 4. Galatians 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them, that's to buy back, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. When Jesus Christ came and He fulfilled that righteousness, remember when He went to John and said, you need to baptize me? And John said, no, 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 no. And He said, he said let it be so, suffer it to be so. For I needs fulfill all righteousness. And part of that righteousness was to be baptized. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. He fulfilled every bit of the Old Testament. The law and the prophets according to John. And all of it is that which speaks of Him. And if we love Him we will love His law. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Oh come let us adore Him. You can't adore Jesus without loving His word. You can't do it. Go back to Psalm 119. Verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. It is my meditation all the day. We've all heard the statement, familiarity breeds contempt. And, you know, there are times when you can read something over and over again, and it, it just, it, it loses its impact. And, but the Bible's not that way. It's been said familiarity breeds contempt, but only among contemptible things and contemptible people. And Jesus Christ and his word are neither. Again, Spurgeon said, familiarity with the word of God breeds affection, and affection seeks yet greater familiarity. Let me say that again. Familiarity with the Word of God breeds affection, and affection seeks yet greater familiarity. It says, it is my meditation all the day. All the day. I love this. Notice what it says. Oh, how I love. What are those next two words? Oh, how love I. What are those next two words? Thy law. Thy law. Then look at what it says. It is. What are those next two words? When thy law is my meditation, thy law, my meditation, what is it to meditate? To think about, to just just ruminate over it, to think about it constantly. And so I've done that with this verse really all week. It's just been in my mind, oh, how I love thy law. But when thy law becomes my meditation all the day, do you know what happens? Every day becomes holy. Every day becomes devout. Every day becomes happy. How many of you have found during this political season yourself thinking about the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ less? So what's happening is the world, the flesh, and the devil are getting between us and the Lord. And we need to allow His law, we need to allow His Word to be our meditation. It needs to become so familiar with us that it begins to affect every, every bit of our person. Then look at what it says. Verse 98, Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies. See, 
The commandments were his book, but God was his teacher. And if we're going to study God's word, it has to be the Holy Spirit that gives us understanding of this. And I'll tell you what, how many of you are shocked during this election how ingenious the Democrats were to steal votes? And that's something that I've been watching some of the lawyers that are fighting some of this stuff. And they'll say, people ask them, why weren't you prepared? We were, but we never imagined how far they'd go. We never imagined. And we as believers, we need to understand that we have no idea how far the world will go to undermine your faith. How far the enemies of God will go to destroy your faith and to destroy your family. They hate you. They hate God's word. They hate God's truth. And the only way that I will be wiser than those enemies is if I love God's word and I meditate in it and I know it. The letter can make us knowing, but only the divine spirit can make us wise. Wisdom is knowledge put to practical use. So now, let's go back to the verse, verse 98. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies. Notice what this this next little bit says. For they are ever with me. Is that talking about the commandments or is that talking about the enemies? It's funny. I, I looked it up in two commentaries. One said it's the law and one said it was the enemies. So I, I've got kind of a, a, a Bible study principle. I don't know that this is absolute but I have found this in just about all of these, these seemingly ambiguous settings that if it, if it seems ambiguous, then it probably means both. I promise you this, the enemies of God are always with you. But if the commandments of God are always with you, you're going to be okay. Because the enemies, the attacks, they can confound you. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to say. With everything that's going on in the world, how, can, how, how many of you feel like you've got a complete grasp on the COVID situation? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's lying about it. Everybody. Everybody's lying about it. I don't think anybody has any idea what they're talking about. And if they do, they're not telling us. When I look at what's going on in the world, I get so frustrated because I feel like we're surrounded by liars everywhere we look. Where can you turn for the truth? Well, I know exactly where to turn for the truth. It's right here. And that will give me discernment to understand how all of these other things are going. So thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies. They are ever with me. Then look at this, verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I have more understanding than all my teachers. So last Sunday night, I addressed a textbook that was being used in an in a independent Baptist college. And I, I spent a couple of days with the uh, administration of the school and the teacher and and it's all straightened out. I asked Dr. Vance to recommend some books, and they've actually taken Dr. Vance's recommendations. And what a blessing that is. But I want you to look at the last verse of this section. And this becomes so important. Look at what it says in verse 104. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I tolerate every false way. What's the word there? hate. I mentioned in my message last week academic objectivity. And academic objectivity is the idea that you just put all the different ideas out there and you don't actually teach which one's right. And in some cases, academic objectivity is helpful, not in the study of theology. 
There's truth and there's error. All of God's precepts are right, and we are to hate every false way. And one of the things that I, that I wrote to this teacher, I, I, I told him, and he's a good brother. He loves the Lord. Um, I think, honestly, I think he was overwhelmed. And here's what I found out. He hadn't actually read the book. Okay. But before I found that out, I said this. Here's my problem. My problem's not really the book. My problem is a man of God that could, that could recommend a book like that. And it seems like you have been desensitized to error. It no longer makes your blood boil. If someone attacks Jesus Christ, that ought to make your blood boil. If someone says something bad about your mom, you know, and that's not a joke. You know, I, I love your mom jokes. I think they're hilarious. But if someone is being, that's what we, I was teaching through Calvinism, and somebody calls you a, a, a Oh, what's the word? Pelagian. You're a semi-Pelagian. The, the technical answer for that is your mom's a semi-Pelagian. That's how you answer stuff like that. But honestly, if somebody was insulting someone that you love, you don't put up with that. You don't take it. And when people undermine the Word of God, they're undermining Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. You cannot undermine it. And th- this verse, I am wiser than all my teachers. I am wiser than all my teachers. What's that talking about? It's not talking about the evolutionist at school. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about the naturalist at school. It's talking about people that teach the Bible, but they undermine the truth of the Bible. That's what it's talking about. And what happens, in, we have this this idea, and, and it's a logical fallacy, and it's called a faulty appeal to authority. A faulty appeal to authority. If the doctors, you know, the, 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 the theological doctors, if they say it, well, they must know more than me. Well, Billy Sunday, the Presbyterian evangelist, he used to say, if, if the Bible says one thing and scholarship says another, then scholarship can just go to hell. Man, that's a, that's a great philosophy. If I get a tattoo, it might be that. Because how am I wiser than my teachers? If, here, let's look at the rest of the verse. The only way that I'm wiser than my teachers is, for thy testimonies are my meditation. What are God's testimonies? What God has said about his own word. What God has said about what he will do in the scriptures. If that's my testimony, so for example, um, there are people that don't believe in a six-day creation. I believe in a six-day creation. Why? Because the Bible says that in six days he created all things. Well, you just don't understand. Well, apparently I'm wiser than you. Because I believe God's word. Because I believe God's word. But there are so many illustrations of this. You know, we don't know that there's a thousand year reign of Christ. The Bible only says that in one place. We're not going to take the time to go there, but read Revelation chapter 20 sometime and see. And he's bound for a thousand years, and then he's loosed after the thousand years, and then we rule and reign for a thousand years. When the thousand years are ended, what is that just 
what's he doing? What's he just made up a number? It doesn't really mean anything. I just wanted to put that number in to see if you're really paying attention. See, I'm wiser than all my teachers. That's not a position of arrogance. That's not a position of personal arrogance. Many of these Bible teachers that undermine the text, as far as intellect and actual education, they're, they're way beyond me. So it's not, a, it's not a personal arrogance when I say I'm wiser than those teachers. It's confidence in God's Word. I believe this. I don't believe you, Jack. Why? Let God be true and some men a liar? Every man a liar. See, there's something you need to understand. There is no one teacher that you can trust. Especially me. Trust the Bible and compare what I say with the Bible. That's my authority. That's my foundation. It has to be because there will always be a teacher undermining the Word of God. Now listen, we will never agree on every fine point of doctrine. I promise you that. In this room, there's disagreement on some fine points of doctrine. But the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? We can be sure of that. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He tasted death for every man. If you don't believe Jesus Christ died for everybody, I'm wiser than you. Amen? Why? He tasted death for every man. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. If you don't believe that He's the satisfactory payment for the sins of the whole world, I'm wiser than you. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how much education you have. We have the truth and I love it. And I love Jesus Christ. And isn't it interesting? It begins with love. The passage begins with love and it ends with hate. Because if you really love, there's some things that you hate. You know, you men, what would you do if someone was going to hurt one of your children? What would you do? Someone's coming to your house to hurt your kids, to physically hurt your child. What are you going to do? You're going to give them a valentine? No, you're going to do everything you can to stop it and to protect your kids. And the problem with modern Christianity is we don't hate the false ways. If somebody changes your Bible, changes the doctrine in your Bible, most of us don't care. All of the doctrinal changes that are made in the modern translations of the Bible, and look at our message, uh, that you can get it on our website, Salvation in the Modern Translations. My friend Doug Stauffer preached a sermon. He went to a church. They were in between pastors, and they were thinking about calling a pastor that, had, that used modern translations. And so he got up that morning... And he preached a gospel sermon only using the verses that are removed from the modern translations. You should have seen the people. He, he said, you should have seen the people in the room. They're, they're reading the Bible and some kid would look at his dad. What's he reading? Now, can I ask you a question? How many of you think the gospel is important? So... How many of you think that it's bad to remove that from your Bible? Why don't you hate it? Why don't you hate that? 
I'm not telling you to hate people that use a different Bible. If you're hearing me say that, then you're not understanding what I'm saying. I hate every false way. I hate every false way. Don't mess with my Bible. Don't mess with it. Don't change it. Look at what it says. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Thy testimonies are my meditation. There's much that I want to to say to you, but let me say this. A holy life is the highest wisdom and sure defense. A holy life is the highest wisdom and sure defense. Look at verse 102. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. I can love God's word and not obey it. And if I love God's word but I don't obey it, then I am not wise. I'm not wise. And and that behavior will it will it will so it will have repercussions in my life. And it's so important that I understand that if I want to be safe from sin that I've got to take that love for God's word, I have to take that love for the Lord, I have to take that understanding that's greater than my teachers and I have to live it. I have to live it. Somehow my faith has to make its way into my walk. I need to live my faith out in this world. And I've got to tell you right now during COVID, during this election time, during all of this, this is a wonderful time for us to live for the Lord out in the world, to represent Christ and to represent Him well. Amen? So let's look over this passage one more time, and I'm going to be done for this morning. I'm going to finish it tonight. Look at the text that I get to preach tonight. This is so fun. It says in uh, verse 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. That's tonight. But notice what it says, verse 1, I'm sorry, verse 97, first verse of our section. Oh, how love I thy law. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Man, let's just love God. Let's love his word. What a great time. Christmas time is a wonderful time to love Jesus Christ. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Man, some of you are getting so tired. Christmas shopping and trying to figure out how you're going to come up with the money and all the different parties, all the different get-togethers and trying to do it with COVID. And Jacob was uh, at Walmart the other day and there's this older gentleman and he had a, a mask on and he had his cart and a couple of, said a couple of expletives and he ripped his mask off and said, no air! <laughs> that, was, that was just hilarious. There's so much stuff that's going on in the world. And I can tell just looking at you, some of you, you look tired. You look tired. Just try, just ask for the Lord to renew your spirit, renew your heart, renew your joy, renew your love for the Lord. Jesus was not born on December 25th, but it sure is a fun thing to recognize that he was born, that he came as a man, that he took on flesh and bones, word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Let's just love him. Let's love his word. Amen? Amen. If you're here this morning and you don't know about your eternity, Remember, I I quoted Spurgeon. He said, those who know the power of the gospel perceive an infinite loveliness in the law. 
If you don't understand the gospel, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. If you died today, are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? If you're not, get it settled today because none of us are promised another day. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, we can take the Bible and we can show you how you can know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Just let us talk to you about that. And just go to the Lord and trust Him. He will be your Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. We're going to sing a verse of invitation now. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone who has... They they can just tell that their love for you has waned. Their love for your word has waned. That you will encourage them today to come... to, To just dig back into it and love it again.